0: Welcome to Power and Pleasure, All Things Women's Health Uncensored. I'm your host, Kim Billick. I'm a women's hormone health coach and womb healer. And yes, this podcast is going to be raw and juicy. We are going to be talking about all things women's health uncensored. We'll be talking about periods, hormone health, ways to improve your sex life, pregnancy, miscarriage, and those things going on down there that maybe you're just too embarrassed to ask your doctor, talk to your partner about, or maybe even your girlfriends. Consider this podcast real girl talk, and it's going to leave you knowing more about your body, about your menstrual cycle, your periods, and so much more. Welcome. Welcome. Hello beauties, welcome back to another episode of power and pleasure all things women's health uncensored and you know here we talk about everything and today we are going to be talking about breast plant illness. Uh, Something that hasn't really been talked about on this show yet, but I think really gets to get addressed because how many of you have breast implants and have been just feeling like, "Ah, maybe I've noticed a shift in my energy, how I'm feeling. Um, I'm getting sick more often since getting these breast implants, even if you've had them in for 10 years. So I have an amazing guest here. Her name is Amanda Porta. She's a holistic beauty coach. And what she does is she blends her love for aesthetics, because she comes from the cosmetology world, which I'm sure she'll share more about, and her love for natural health, which you guys know I'm all about natural health. So Amanda, (laughs) thank you for being here. Oh, thanks, Kim,
1: for having me.
0: So um, I mean, I think a great way, a great place to start is just to share with the listeners like your story. Uh, you know, from where you were working in the industry for 20 years and then your own personal experience.
1: Sure, yes. I've been working in the beauty industry over 20 years. I started in the day spa industry right out of college. Never planned to do that. Just was a really cool entrepreneurial um, new uh, franchise of day spas. And I really enjoyed it and ended up working at the most successful day spa in our area. And got to manage that for years. And it was cool because even back then, the women would all come to the spa for my little natural beauty tips. And I got them passed down from my mother. And so I'm we had fun and I realized how many women just loved that and I enjoyed doing it. And so in that time, my early 20s, I ended up getting breast implants. I had a minor breast deformity um, and I just felt like I had tried to have surgery to correct it and it really didn't do anything. So the plastic surgeon says, you know, why don't we try an implant? And I was not not crazy about the idea, but a lot of my girlfriends already had them. And I just thought, okay, I just want to look normal. I got those breast implants in 2003, had to have them replaced for the first time in 2004. I went from saline to silicone. Really important to note, because at that time, Breast implants actually had a moratorium, silicone implants had a moratorium on them. So women couldn't even get silicone breast implants. I got like the first ones back on the market. And I even questioned my plastic surgeon. Well, wait a minute. I thought that the silicone wasn't safe or wasn't good. He said, oh no, they're, they're better now. We're going to follow you in a study. But nobody ever followed me in the study. And looking back, I realized that I started getting hormonal disruption, a ruptured ovarian cyst, a night sweats. Kind of perimenopausal type symptoms about nine months into having breast implants, but nobody would have connected it to the breast implants. Which now I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I just think what what's something different that I've done that's caused this? So I would go on, and I wouldn't. It would be another um, seven and a half years until I got really sick. Over forty symptoms, hair loss. You know, literally falling out everywhere. Um, vision issues, lymphatic issues, stagnation, having a hard time breathing, um, heart palpitations, and nothing was getting it better. And I sought out every different type of practitioner, tried every sort of detox. Things would get slightly better, like the inflammation would get better, but it wouldn't stay. And you know, if the root cause is still in your body, a lot of things won't work. So um, long story short, I figured it out at the end of 2018, and I explanted within three weeks. It'll actually be five years next week that I got my breast implants out. And um, I just knew I'd have a big voice in this because I've gone through it. I've gone through a long journey of healing with my breast implants, post, you know, explant, spiritually, all of the above. I still continue to heal And I've now helped women the last three and a half years get their breast implants out. So I've gotten to see all of their journeys and experiences as well as my followers. So now I like to um, empower women um, and let them know it's going to be okay if they have the same reaction that I do. And I also really like to show them about holistic beauty, because let's face it, when you've gone through something like this, and you get your implants out chances are you're probably going to want to make other changes in your life from the foods that you eat to the water you drink, the beauty products you decide to use, skincare, et cetera. So I just want to
0: be a voice and support those women. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I have so many questions to ask you. So I hear you saying like it took about seven years For you to finally, from when the symptoms started, they keep getting worse, they keep getting worse. And it was about seven, seven and a half years later, you take them out. So in that time when you're like seeking out probably medical support to the doctors, what were some of the things that they were saying to you? Like, what could be the reason of these symptoms coming up?
1: Yeah. And remember, I'm not one to go to the doctor. I just really never (laughs) even would get the average cold. So I didn't really have experience that I realized at the time with medical gaslighting. So the first time I went and I went reluctantly, it was a feeling in my chest. And that would have been about 2012 and it was December, right? So I'm thinking, is this bronchitis or something? I mean, I've never had that before, but something feels off. And I said to my mom, I feel like I need to go to the doctor, which for me didn't happen often. My first doctor's visit, they listened to my chest and they said, oh, you have pleurisy. Pleurisy is an inflammation of the chest wall. I'm like, okay, I've never heard of that before. How do you get How does it get better? And they said, oh, it'll just get better on its own. You must've had a little virus or something, but I didn't have one. I also had had a bout of vertigo out of the blue that made me a little bit nervous and that feeling in the chest. So after months went by, uh, it's never got better. Had to go to another doctor. And then they called it costochondritis, which again is inflammation of the chest wall. And I just like to say this because a lot of women, when they hear my story, they're like, oh my gosh, I got a diagnosis of costochondritis or pleurisy. So I just never felt right from that day on. It took a while for the hair to stop falling out and the vision to become impaired. Inflammation, I gained up to 57 pounds of inflammation. That was the biggest red flag to me. Because, you know, in the beginning, doctors were saying, well, you look great. You know, you're fine. You're just getting a little bit older. But you know when you don't feel well. And so I would show them the inflammation in my body, in my legs, and they would just say, oh, you're just gaining a couple pounds. But I know my body. I'm very lean, and I still am, even now. So um, it would take going to all of, doing all the tests that Western medicine has to offer, not having anything conclusive, there was like one ER doc who was very concerned about me. He's like, no, there's something definitely wrong with you. We just don't know what. Then that's when I started looking um, and talking and meeting these German naturopaths. And I really learned everything I have about health from them. They're wise beyond their years. They taught me all about the basic fundamentals of health. I even hired a woman to like shape up the way I ate and the water that I was drinking, and you know, trash your fluoride toothpaste and your anti deodorants. Um, so, in a so it was a slow process, but still inside I had the root cause. So I would never get fully well from it, and it was actually um, a colonic practitioner who said, "I think it might be your breast implants." and I, I was kind of met her with some defensiveness because I said, do you see what I do for a living? I've never heard of this before. In fact, I had, and I wasn't even recollecting this at the time, I had one of my old bosses tell me that all those women were crazy, that were sick in the 90s. And I mean, shame on him because, right, we're seeing it now. It's really not that rare that women have a reaction to a foreign object in their body. And it's just something that we have to talk about.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I love how much detail you like went into your story because I'm sure there's so many listeners right now, probably like checking the box and being like, oh, I'm experiencing this and I'm experiencing that as well. And that was actually gonna be one of my questions. Like what was the big turning point of you being like, oh, this could be my rest. So you went for a colonic, she said that. So what kind of was your next steps from there? I went for a client
1: and it was like, I remember this so well. It was like right before Christmas, 2018. So I had some downtime. I'd already like visited with my family and so forth. And she said it. And even though I'd never heard of it and I was kind of defensive, something was nagging at me. Something was resonating with me. And I was driving in Venice because that's where I was living at the time. And I saw a huge billboard that said something about these PIP implants that are in Europe. And I was like, well, that's funny that we're talking about implants. And I see this big billboard in in front of me. And then um, one of my guy friends called me to wish me happy holidays. And he said, you're still not feeling well. he said, you know, you sound just like my neighbor um, when she she talks, you should call her. That's all he said. And I mean, most people wouldn't even call, but I was that desperate that I was like, Mm -hmm. I'll call her. Because I thought it was so cool that he was even like relating the two. And I called her and I started telling her how I've been feeling. And I'm like, and I'm not getting better now. We're like seven years. I don't think I'm ever going to get better. And she's like, Amanda, it sounds like your implants. And she said, this happened to me. And she had implants as well. Yeah. And I said, oh my God, a woman just said this to me, my colonic practitioner the other day. Now you're telling me this. She said, get into the support group on Facebook and start reading. I got into this group. It was like, I can't remember if it was 100,000 women, 150,000 at the time. And I start reading all of their symptoms. And they're all the same symptoms I'm talking about. Inflammation, you know, having a hard time breathing, can't walk up a flight of stairs, their hair is falling out. And then they're saying, and I got my implants out and I got better. And so what was resonating with me was, well, wait a minute. I have tried everything else and I'm not coming up with any conclusive um, results of anything. There's no, there's like autoimmune, you know, symptoms, but no autoimmune diagnoses. Thank goodness. Um, I don't have any heart issues, but I was having heart palpitations, which could have been from the heavy metals in them. All right. I'm willing to remove these. And then that's when you start going for consults and
0: it's a little dicey. <laughs> Why do you say it got a little dicey? Were the doctors like kind of resistive to doing it? Yeah. Well, I mean, even working in the industry, I really mm. didn't
1: realize this is like
0: the, the no-no. We
1: do not talk about the breast implants in a negative way, right? Breast implants are one of the most popular medical devices of all time, right? And so everyone loves them. They're great for reconstruction after breast cancer. They're great for women who you know, have a baby and want to feel great again. So I just had never heard anything negative about them. And that woman that I spoke to was the first woman who I had ever spoken to who was ill. I never had any women come into any of the offices that I worked in complaining of being sick from their implants. But I realized now they wouldn't probably have, because just like me, I didn't know it was the implants. You're going to rheumatologists and endocrinologists and all of these different specialists right and it's driving you crazy because you're not hearing anything you're not being supported you're just being gaslit so the first surgeons that i um consulted with in the los angeles area said this isn't real these women on social media they're making it up i said oh so you mean to tell me over a hundred thousand women in just one group they're all making it up all around the world and they said yeah and i looked at one of them i said "Wow, wow you really believe this don't you I said, you know what, I'm going to listen to the women, not the plastic surgeon. And thank God I did. Because if I had listened to those surgeons and their opinion of it, I would, I don't even know where I'd be today. i I, It's scary to think, but I certainly would not be well if I had left them in.
0: Yeah. And well, to think that would be about another six years of them in, you know, we're in 2024 now. And what else is scary is how many women have gone through this or are still going through it and being Mm -hmm. gaslit by these doctors. Right. And maybe don't have the courage like you did to be like, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to my gut and I'm listening to these other women and going to take them out.
1: Yeah. Whether we're talking about breast implants or something else, that's what I've been encouraging patients. I became a patient advocate when I went through this because I thought, well, I'm not going to work in a plastic surgery office. It still offers breast implants. And I really didn't want to work in that industry anymore anyway. I hadn't been working in it when I figured out what it was. It's just, I don't want to work in an office anymore. (laughs) And I did that. I slept for many years, loved all the patients, but it's a grind, you know, and being inside all day, that was something that I wanted to stop in 2017.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. I come from the Western medicine world as well as an occupational therapist. So I left 2019, right before COVID. Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> feel so grateful not to do that grind anymore of working in the
1: office. So thankful, yeah. but I mean, I love people and I resonate with people. They always made me very good at sales because I'm not trying to really sell you anything. I just want to support people and help them find the best uh, whatever the best choices for themselves might be. Yeah. So, so yeah, so. That was troubling to me and it really stood out because I thought, well, I got these breast implants in and it was my choice and no problem. But now that I want to get them out, you're kind of fighting me on this. Um, And I encourage women to, you know, keep getting consults. I know it's, you know, costly, but you don't settle, you know, like I don't settle for anything in my life. You just keep going until you find the right one that resonates with you and you feel comfortable with. And I'll tell you that. Most of the women who I hear from who got their implants out, there's no way that they could have gone to a surgeon who didn't believe or discourage them from getting them out.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like, because it's getting talked about a lot more now, do you feel like women are having an easier time getting them out? Yeah. I think there's obviously a lot of
1: awareness, but I mean, it took an army of women, women who came before me. I became an advocate. Like I said, um, So I know a lot of what's going on in the advocacy world and some of my closest friends are the ones who are making changes like the informed consent bill in Arizona, but it's taken years. This has been going on for years. I mean, the Dow Corning lawsuits were over 30 years ago now. And so it's like this next wave of women who now we have social media Mm -hmm. and these women are not going to stop. And it's really, I always say, you know, we have maybe encouraged women to start speaking out more. But I just let the women tell the story. Like when I make posts on my Instagram, I sit back. I don't even really say anything in the comments. I just let them do the talking. And if you look at my Instagram posts, you see 30 to 50 and more comments. Oh my gosh, that happened to me. Oh my gosh, that happened to my sister. That sounds just like me and what I experienced. And so it's really, you know, educational to look it at really, it. them.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I've said this before in some podcasts of mine, but like when women come together and share their stories, like there is so much healing that happens not only for the woman sharing her story, but then for also the women hearing the story, like you were even just saying within that support group, 150,000 women going through the same experience, you're finally like, oh my God, I'm not the only person like this isn't in my head that the doctor's telling me, like you're imagining this. There's other women like going through this. So, you know, ladies, if you are resonating with anything that Amanda is saying, um, I'm sure you could reach out to her. Uh, yes. there's the support groups on Facebook and it's not in your head, like find people to support you. And mm-hmm. something I'd love, um, to ask you, Mattis. So, and I, cause I get this question just like in regards to women being like, I have missing periods or, you know, my doctor keeps telling me my heavy periods are normal. Uh, what would you say to someone listening? Like, how could they advocate for themselves?
1: Well, okay, and so if these are women who have breast implants already, and let's say they go to their gynecologist and they're complaining of, I had I had a major menstrual cramping when I had breast implants. Um, I don't have that anymore. Isn't that interesting? And it made me reliant on the for a long time, which is horrible for your gut. By the way, I've never known a woman who has breast implants that doesn't have some sort of gut dysfunction whether it be constipation, whether it be chronic diarrhea, whether it be SIBO or something else, but there's always something going on in the gut. And we know that that's where a disease starts, which is scary. I thought it was like pesticides. They were spraying on my salads at restaurants. I couldn't figure it out why I would feel sick every time I ate even salad and vegetables. Like That doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so I think that they should go informed with some information, maybe from one of the manufacturer's websites, right? So if they say I'm having, you know, hormonal dysfunction, now I do have breast implants. I think that's important to, you know, make note that you realize it, see how that practitioner reacts to it. Are they supportive? Are they willing to listen? Are they like, oh yes, I've had some other patients or do they immediately start gaslighting you and, you know, telling you that it's not real? That's kind of how I mean. A lot of these women have have begun to chose practitioners, and then speaking to other women who have been through the same experience, right? And maybe had a great um sur- you know surgery with another with an explant surgeon. They don't have to be an explant surgeon per se. They know how to do a proper. Um, hopefully, they know how to do a proper explant. I would want to go to someone who is doing it on a regular basis, not just once or twice a year. And um, for me, it's important. And all of the patients that I've worked with, they wanted to make sure that their capsules were removed because there have been many reports from women who did not have their capsules properly removed. They still remain sick.
0: Yeah. Because it's still there. Yeah. (laughs) Or as you would, you know, you were saying earlier, the, the root cause is still there. Root cause. Well, And there can be all sorts
1: of things within the capsule. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure I would just to know that's like a clean bill of health. And I know that I have healed all of the symptoms. Um, It took time. It wasn't overnight. It took about a year and a half to fully feel like myself again. Um, But yes, so I had a total capsulectomy, meaning that the capsules were removed.
0: Yeah, I think that's important to really highlight, though, saying that it took you a year and a half, because I think some people, whether they're healing from breast implant, explant, or, um, you know, any kind of hormonal issue, they think, oh, it's just going to happen in two weeks. You know, like when you start taking birth control or something, or you start seeing a change in, you know, two weeks to a month. But when it comes to natural healing, especially if you're detoxing, like it takes time, like, you know, give yourself time. And I always encourage my clients to like celebrate the wins. So even Mm -hmm. if it's like two days of no bloating, like celebrate that instead of looking at a salad and having bloating. Yeah. Well, no, and for a lot
1: of patients, I've seen them feel a lot better pretty
0: quickly because I
1: believe the breast implants act as a block for your lymphatic system. And when they take them out, they'll feel like they can take a deeper breath, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure they can probably more oxygen going to your brain. They start seeing the color in their skin. Inflammation can go away pretty quickly. So those with joint pain can get relief from from that pretty quickly. I just noticed it in my body altogether. A lot of women get like a very swollen, puffy face, and that seems to get better. Um, chronic red eyes, again, lymphat, that can be lymphatic health. That seems to get better. So yeah, you celebrate all those little wins. And then the things that will take a little longer, like balancing your thyroid again, balancing your hormones. Mm-hmm. Your- wants to be balanced. And so with the right support, and hopefully you have a functional medicine doctor, someone specializing in this and someone who's worked with these patients before. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely, I I believe anything is possible to heal, but that's, that's where I'm coming from.
0: Yes. And I'm with you on that. (laughs) Uh, So I would, and like from your personal experience or even how you support your clients. So A woman, you know, gets her breast implants removed. What, uh, you know, natural modalities, I'll say, do Mm -hmm. you incorporate for your clients, like from nutrition to maybe lymphatic massage or, you know, whatever it may be to help with this healing process?
1: And I give them tips that help me and help other patients. does not mean they ever have to do anything (laughs) that I recommend. Um, An anti-inflammatory diet, huge. I love juicing. I think it's very important. Also for our pH balance that seems to be really get off with women who've had an implanted medical device. Castor oil packs. Mm-hmm. Um, castor oil, I think it's one of those things that you. I probably can never live without. I used to just put it on the pad and put it on. Now I just rub it all over my stomach, on my breasts um, at nighttime. I think it helps with your digestion. I just, I feel a difference immediately. I like getting colonics, I don't overdo them, but I have um, an ultrasound of my liver that they do, then I do a colonic afterwards. I like to do it once a month, but if I do it every other month, that works too. Regular lymphatic massage, not only for women who still have breast implants in, because I think it stagnates your lymph, but just get in the habit. You can jump on a rebounder, you can do contrast showers, which is moving the nozzle from hot to cold. Drinking water with lemon is so helpful. Um, Infrared sauna, once my incisions healed, amazing because it gets deep into the tissue. And I know from like gel bleed with these implants, you can get chemicals from the implants in your tissues. And so infrared sauna is a great choice for that too. And healing your gut. I think everybody should be healing their gut, you know, from time to time. And when you get your breast implants out, that can resolve so many issues, just that alone.
0: Yeah, all great suggestions, all of them. The other thing I want to like address with this, and I think with this, every woman, it's going to be different is there's I'm assuming you come across the emotional side that women, you know, like. Um, when I was doing my Tao and tantric healing arts, we actually, when we were learning the breast massage, um, the Tao breast massage to help, you know, move the lymphatic and stuff, which I think is another, I don't know if that's something you talk about, but I think it's a beautiful thing. I do it like in my luteal phase, you know, when my breasts start to feel a little tender, like, you know, it's just a great self-love practice to do, but, Um, I remember we had a conversation around our relationship with our breasts and a lot Mm -hmm. of women. And I think because of the porn industry and, you know, just society there, you know, the male patriarchal society, uh, there is a lot of like this sexual part put into our breasts. And that has impacted women's choice on their relationship with their, with their breasts. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like how, um, your experience, like personally, or like with your clients, just how women on the emotional side, how that healing looks.
1: I love that. In fact, I've just created a non-toxic breast balm. It's called breast balm. So it not only can nourish your scars after surgery, especially if you had a lift, which many women do, but also encourage you to massage your breasts and have the lymphatics in your breasts. And in doing so it's encouraging self exams. So Mm -hmm. yes, I'm all about it. And no, it is when I first started seeing this. The first thing that came to mind, and this was very early on, like right before I removed mine. Like, I feel like a lot of these women going through this, there's that component of something of trauma. Mm-hmm. Trauma seems to be right. And you know, now obviously, we all talk so much about healing and ascension and all of these things. Um, I mean, for all of us, like I said, this chronic illness, breast implant illness this is just an opportunity for you to heal, right? Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to have breast implant illness to heal. I hear it from so many different people or someone with a near-death experience that can happen to or someone who's gone through a divorce, et cetera. So um, it's been beautiful to watch these women remove them and the changes and, and their husbands saying, I feel like I've got my wife back and their mm-hmm. children. Because for you know a long time, these women are so sick, they're not enjoying their lives. And it's all about quality of life to me. Yeah. So so it's been really beautiful. And healing is as far as you want to take it. I have some women who I would get them through explant and maybe just help them for a couple of weeks. And then you'd never hear from them again. Or then maybe I'd hear from them after a year or two. And they'd be like, oh my God, I can't tell you how great it's been. I got married or you know what have you. Um, or you have women who they wanted to hang on my every word my every tip they do want to do everything just right. And then that carries them on to their next phase of healing and so on and so on way beyond me. So
0: I think it's whatever you want to make it. Yes, that's definitely true. I always say like, we're all on our own healing journey. And it's amazing that they have someone like yourself for that support. Because just like I said earlier, like, when we share that story, and we could really relate to somebody that that healing really just it takes healing to the next level. You feel held. That's yeah. A, that's a word I want to use. You feel held.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm offering one-on-one coaching for women because people kept asking me, "Please, can you help me?" And before I was too busy with our patients. And yeah. now I. This is important to me. I'm going to make time. I have a lot of different entrepreneurial things going on. I will make that time. You know, I'm going to take ten minutes, ten hours of each week, and just help women prior to surgery, post surgery why not? It doesn't have to be scary. You've got a lot going on when you think about having the surgery. And if you're really sick and you've got a family and kids to worry about, I just want to be there to support a woman and
0: assist them through the process. If it helps. That's amazing. Uh, where could the listeners find you?
1: Well, Instagram, the holistic beauty coach is my handle. They can DM me my email address. I have a post about it. Uh, the holistic the coach at
0: Awesome. Do you have any final words for the listener or advice? You know, I just want to make
1: it really clear, not here to judge what a woman does with their bodies. Obviously I, I did it myself. I did Botox for many years. I'm simply wanting to support women who may have had the same experience I did. Um, Trust your gut. My goodness. Right. I mean, there's so symptoms are our friends. They are red flags, so you will recognize that there are some changes or balancing that you need to do with your body so you can do it and get better, right? Don't be scared. I'm not doing this to scare women. I'm not saying that everyone's going to have this experience. My kryptonite might not be your kryptonite, might not be another woman's. Maybe another woman's is Botox, or maybe another woman's is the food that she's been eating, but it's just important for us to all recognize these things. So if you do start getting sick, you know that there is hope and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That's simply it. And I want to encourage holistic beauty because quite honestly, I think it renders better results than, you know, uh, medical grades, skincare, injectables, all of these things that we've been kind of told are the way to um prevent aging i guess which i don't i'm pro-age so i don't even really believe in all of
0: that yeah i mean i i'm kind of pro-age too i i just turned 30 i'm like i forgot how old i just turned 39 this week and i'm like i feel better than what i did in my 20s no. like i keep telling people that like i'm like oh my god <laughs> like i can't even remember how old i am <laughs> you know you're a baby i just turned 50 two months ago oh So if you guys are listening, you can't see Amanda, but I would never guess she's 50. Her skin is flawless. Uh Um, And with that, go check out her page because you're going to get a lot of great tips on holistic beauty. And I feel like I could bring her back on just to have another conversation about Botox and holistic beauty tips because I've been following her from time. I've learned a lot. Uh, definitely go check out her page because you're. Gonna I learn. love that. Let's do it.
1: Let's just talk about holistic beauty the next time. I mean, yes,
0: I w- I would love to have you back for that. Love that, Kim. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. Um, you know, and just sharing so much value for the listeners. I know there's going to be a handful that um, can definitely th- they'll receive something from this.
1: Yes, and don't panic. It's just we all know someone with breast implants. Maybe it's not for. That person, but someone that they know. So yeah. All right. thank you for having me. Thank you.